hope you're hungry because you're listening to Everybody Eats. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Everybody Eats podcast. It's your host, Bensky Belazare. We're here, co-host Edom Ekpi, and we have a superstar with us in the options and trading game, Mr. Christian The Truth Jones. Thank you very much for joining us this evening. How you doing? Great. How are y'all? Good, good. Thank you again for joining us. Yo, for everybody listening, tuning in, make sure you're checking us out on all platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, all that. You know, we're on there. Instagram, check us out at everybody, at everybodyeats.pod on Instagram, at everybodyeats0 on Twitter. Make sure you're checking us out on all platforms. Make sure you're subscribed to our YouTube channel. That's where all the videos are up there, so you can watch those. And again, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, we're on there, so make sure you're checking this out. And before we start, quick shout out to Different, the brand Different, my boys out from Valley Stream. I had to cop their Dennis Rodman shirt, real fire, and I copped their new Kobe shirt, so that would be coming in the mail. So shout out to them. You know, we got to support Black business, got to support our own. And obviously, it's from Valley Stream, so that's my boys. So got to support local business, so shout out to them. All right, so let's start with the introduction. Christian Jones, for those who don't know, right? You look kind of young. One, how old are you? What do you do? And let's get started from there. All right, so like you said, my name is Christian The Truth Jones. I'm currently 13 years old in the eighth grade. And as far as what I do, I am an international certified Les Brown speaker, international best-selling author. I'm the CEO of Return on Investment, I show people how to successfully day trade and invest in the stock market. Got you, got you. So, well, I want to know first before we even get into that, 13 years old. When I was 13, I was playing 2K after school, eighth grade. I was playing 2K. I was probably playing Pokemon. Um, trading was, I had no clue what that was. I didn't know nothing about business. I was literally just, literally, like I said, I was playing Pokemon 2K. So I want to know before we start, how did you even get into, like, how did you get to this point right now where you're 13 years old, you said best-selling author, helping people like finance. Like I had zero dollars in my name at that point. So what's the background about the background around that? So as far as how I actually got into investing and trading was actually, I saw a video a couple of years ago of a 14 year old. Well, he was 14 at the time and he had made $50,000 off investing in Nike stock. So like anybody, I wanted to learn, well, how I can make $50,000 doing the same thing he doing. So at the time I was around eight to nine years old. So I began asking my mom if she could teach me how to invest in the stock market. And initially she kind of brushed me off and basically said no. And since she did that, I thought, well, since she isn't gonna teach me, I'm gonna do it myself. So I decided to uh, do my own research, um, understood, well, find what I could at least understand. And I remember one day I walked up to her and um, told her I wanted to open up my brokerage account, which is the account you use in order to invest and trade yourself. So when I came back to her and told her that, then she saw I was serious. Now she had gotten a little bit into investing, not really that deep with it herself. So we decided to take a course. We were taking it together, but I kind of fell off near the end of it. So she finished it up, came back to me and really just simplified the information so I could understand it at eight, nine years old. At eight, nine years old. So eight, nine years old, you're in like, what, fourth grade at that point? Yeah, yeah. Give or take. Yeah, third, third, fourth. Third, like third, fourth yeah. grade. So, <laughs> um, I mean, I think, that, that's, I think that's amazing. Um, I'm, my question is, what about like, 
people your age and your friends is is that something is that a conversation that you and your friends are having is that something that like that's like general around you that people around you your age are talking about investing or is that just something like you said you just saw it one day and you just said hey this is something i want to go i, I want to learn and then you know let me go with it now it was just something i wanted to learn personally and a, the main aspect of wanting to learn it was the money i'll admit that yeah. but yeah as far as having conversations about that not really got you got you um so from there, so I'm interested, eight, nine years old, right? You, you do the course. So what was your first, I don't know if you remember like your first trade or something like that, but like, what was like your first experience actually like, you know, opening an account? What were like your first trades? Like what were like the first steps in, in doing that for you? So the main first steps for me were actually um, getting to choose my own stock while I was still learning the information. And I believe the first, one of the first two were Amazon when they were around, $800, and, <laughs> and Microsoft. Gotcha. Yeah. About three, four years ago. So around 60 to 70. Yeah, 60, yeah, 60, 70. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. So then those are the first two, or you bought a couple of shares, just held on to it, or because I know yeah. where, so were you at, at this point, like, did you have like a strategy where you're like, yo, let me just pick up these two stocks and, and see see what it does? Nah, I, I was just excited. I could choose my own stock. I was like, wow, I'm going to make so much money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did the bottom and then let them ride. Got you, got you. So you saying best on author, speaker. So then, you know, from, you know, buying a few stocks, how did, how did that trend, you know, how did that, you know, lead to pretty much what, you, what you're doing now? And like, you know, what, how did you become like the book and the speaking, international speaking and things like that? All right, so here, I'm going to give you the whole, like, chronological, um, well, basically the timeline of yeah. how everything went in order. Ironically, it all happened within around the same time frame or around, well, eight and nine years old. So the first thing I ended up doing before I even got into the stock market was speaking and speaking was I wrote my book, The Win Within. And that book is based off my story of how I was bullied by my teammates on the football field, how I overcame that bullying, became one of the best players on the team. So I wrote that book. Um, we did self-publishing. So that took about three to four months. And I remember we ended up doing $5,000 in less than 90 days using this book. Now, the way we sold it, we didn't necessarily do, I guess you could say the traditional like door to door in my neighborhood or whatever. Since I was still playing football, we would just, after I was done playing for the day, we just bring the books with us. I would take them out the car and really just go person to person because I just just said that kind of was our target audience because of course the people are gonna already be interested. So we uh, wrote the book and then about a couple months later, I even got into the speaking or even knew that was a profession that people did, was actually my mom took me to a Let's Get Motivated seminar. And I remember one of the speakers there, or, no, he was the last speaker for the night, was Mr. Les Brown. And we had been there, cause I didn't want to go, but we had been there mm -hmm. from about 8 a.m. to well, 6 p.m. was when we left. So you already know everybody's tired. They want to go home. They're hungry. And then when he got on stage, the way, like, everybody, you think it was the middle of the afternoon or early morning again. Like, everybody was just on fire. It was an amazing experience as well, just hearing him speak and tell his story. Like, it was just a dope experience. I remember at that moment, I told my mom, well, I want to do what he did. <laughs> I wanted to become a motivational speaker. So that's what we did. So I um, started watching more videos about speaking, how I can improve practice. I started making 
my first couple of videos, if you go to my YouTube channel, you'll see them. They weren't that good, but <laughs> yeah, I've gotten better. Yeah. And then actually less than a year later, we got to meet Mr. Brown in person at his um, sadly now defunct Les Brown Institute. And I got to speak on the same stage as Mr. Brown. So that's kind of the whole story of how I got into the speaking. And then last but not least, that was the investing part about how I saw the video of the 14 year old. Then my mom kind of helped teach me and get me to where we are now. Got you, got you. So then, you know, it, it, it's funny, um, like how, how they say like, you know, information, like so it's not, I don't think it's like an official quote, but essentially um, my mentor would tell me like, you know, information is information, knowledge is knowledge. It doesn't necessarily matter like who, who it's coming from. It doesn't matter if it's someone older than you or younger than you, right? It's like knowledge is knowledge, right? And I found that really inspiring because for myself, I love speaking, right? And that's something I want to get into, speaking engagements. Like, um, like, uh, like since, I don't know, since high school, like I would rather do a presentation than take a test, right? Like I would just <laughs> rather, like I would rather speak you know, like I had the chance, I was blessed to have a chance to do, you know, a TED talk like two, three years ago at this point. And that was like something I was like, yo, like I want to do this in the future. Like if I, if I could just get booked to, to, to talk to people about things like that, like that, that's something, you know, a goal of mine. So hearing you say that you literally just grinded from, you know, watching somebody and just making YouTube videos, like that's inspiring to me. And I hope, you know, people in our audience, anyone else who's interested in speaking engagements, they can learn something from that. So I think, I think that's amazing. And I'm assuming from there, it just, it just grew, right? Yeah, it just grew. Practice, practice, practice. Got you, got you. So um, what would you say, like, at this point, like, I feel like you're, you're already <laughs> doing most and people like, <laughs> you're doing more than most people 20s, 30s. So what would you say, like, you're only in eighth grade. What would you say, like, I don't know, future goals for junior high, high school, college? Like, what, what is it just continue what you're doing? Or would you say, like, there's you know, a specific career path you want to do, or is it just going to be continue doing like your own thing? So like all of them really. Uh, <laughs> so I am going to continue doing what I'm doing, but as far as my ultimate goal with the stock market trading and showing people how to do it is to open up my own hedge fund. Mm. And then also to open up my own sports agency, agency and show athletes how they can invest in the stock market. And they don't necessarily have to trade because of course, most of the time they're going to be training or well, playing, but they can let their money, well, make money for them. So they're not mindlessly wasting it on material objects that would just depreciate in the long term. So it allows them to basically retire with still all their money and faculties intact. And they don't have to go work on somebody's job after working for about 18, 20 plus years to get to that level and then and still end up in a job that they really don't want to be at. And then last but not least, well, not, I didn't even say the last one, the second to last, will be actually going to the NFL because I do still want to play football, still do have the love for it. And it would incorporate college, um, specifically an HBCU. Which one? No idea yet, but you'll be looking out for that. Got you, got you. We got five, six years to choose, so nah, I love hearing that. I love hearing that. For sure. For and sure. the last one. Hmm? Uh, the more? Yeah, the last one is real estate. Okay. Assets over liabilities. Assets over liabilities. <laughs> that UIL, yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. No, that that that's really um that's really inspirational. Honestly, hear, hearing it from someone like you, I'm sure you've heard the term generational wealth. Yes. Um, and I, I would say like you know that's a real 
like you're a real embodiment of that, you know what I'm saying? Like teaching them while they're young, right? You know, and and having that mindset growing older. Like I said, like when I was your age, I was I was playing like I was really playing Pokemon. Like that that was it. Like <laughs> you know, it wasn't it wasn't really until you know literally college age where I started getting into it. But like I love seeing not only you know I love I love seeing that at a young age, but not only that, it's not like you know some people be like, yo, like, let me be a child, but, like, I hear that you're still playing football, still, like, enjoying, you know what I'm saying, like, you know, being young and doing all that stuff, so I think, I think that's amazing. Um, let's see, before we get into the next segment, Edom, anything to conclude? Nah, I mean, I got a lot of questions in terms of options. I hope we talk about that next segment, but besides that. For sure, for sure. All right, so that is the great background about Christian Jones. Um, we'll do a Quick quote of the day. Um, let me go pull that up. Welcome back, everyone, to segment two. Everybody eats podcast. We just had a great little background about Christian Jones. Um, for the quote of the day, I have it. Uh, it's a little lengthy, um, but just bear with me. This is something that uh, is a quote I love to hear. It goes: You don't have to build a wall. You don't have to set out to build a wall. You don't have to say, I'm going to build the biggest, baddest, greatest wall that's ever been built. You don't start there. You say, I'm going to lay this brick as perfectly as a brick can be laid. And you do that every single day. And soon you have a wall. I need hints, bro. Need hints? He's an actor, famous black actor. Denzel Washington? Nah, nah. Right. Uh, famous black actor, popular in the 90s, so it's going to be a little bit before your time. Martin? Um, famous in the 90s. Any hint is going to be kind of give it away. He got, he got a wife. He got a wife who was recently entangled. Will Smith. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. That's my second guess. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> But nah, I saw he did an interview. I don't remember who he actually did it with. Um, but it, pretty much in that inter- interview, like he goes to that story saying, like you don't, like you don't, you don't have to set out saying, like you know, I'm gonna go build this wall. I'm gonna go do this big thing. It says like I'm pretty, much, I'm gonna start with this one brick, right? It's brick by brick. I'm gonna lay this brick as best as I can. And once I do that, I'm gonna go take the second brick and I'm gonna go lay that as best as I can. And I'm gonna do that every day. And then soon I'm gonna have a wall. Um, and I love that, especially considering, you know, Edom and I, we've been doing, we've had our closing line for almost two years. We're coming back to two years for our closing line. We're about to hit one year for our podcast. Um, and it's easy that oftentimes, you know, for, for either the closing line or for the podcast, I want it to, like, in my head, I want it to be, like, the biggest brand. You know, I want it to be the biggest podcast. I want it to be the biggest fashion brand, you know. Um, and realistically, like, it's a good goal to have, but that's not necessarily how things work, right? For the podcast is literally one episode at a time. You know what I'm saying? It's every week, you know, if we record, it's one episode at a time. That's how we build our network. That's how we've been doing it for almost a year. For Kilty, it's, you know, one design at a time or, you know, one photo shoot at a time, one, you know, um, whatever, you know, whatever, you know, product that we're doing. It, it's one at a time. And through that, it's built, it's been building, you know. So um it's 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 humbling because a lot of times you want it so quick you want it so fast but you know that's not that's not how you get there you know what i'm saying it, it it's one at a time so um that's why i really like that quote it really spoke to me today especially as i was writing down 
like my to-do list, everything, you know, the next step for the podcast, next step for the closing line, I was writing down my to-do list. And I was like, dang, like this list is so long of things I want to accomplish, but it literally just, you know, it, it only gets done when you cross out one at a time. So that's kind of what inspired me for that quote. I see it as you gotta, you gotta walk before you run, crawl before you walk. So, yeah. um, you know, everything takes time. I'm sure you didn't become the options and trading guru you are now by setting out to go and, you know, you didn't see yourself as the, the best in the, the field right away. You started out slowly, like you said, something small. You know. Definitely, definitely. Let's start somewhere. Mm-hmm. Sure, for sure. Any input, Mr. Jones? Yeah, I'd have to say. Actually, no, nah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that real quick. So this is a little saying or little acronym that I came up with about what was it, two, three years ago? And it really talked about goals and it's called GPA and not grade point average. And it goes like this. So you have to have a goal, a plan, and you gotta take action. You gotta have a goal, not a project. What's the difference between a goal and a project? A goal you have no control over. That would be like me wanting to sell a million dollars worth of water bottles on or in LA or something. Like that would be a goal. I have no control over who's going to buy my product. A project is something you have 100% control over. So a project would be like setting up the website for those water bottles or hoodies or whatever product I'm going to be selling. So therefore, people can go to the website and actually buy the product from me. So that would be the difference between a goal and a project. And of course, you want to set up your projects and your plans so you can begin taking goal A, which is action. You got to take action. Because I know a lot of people, they tend to spend so much time on the goal and the plan, and they want to make sure everything's perfect. You're just wasting time. I'm going to admit that right now. Like If you keep doing it and keep waiting, you're just wasting time. Because while you're sitting there planning, somebody else out there is actually taking action and executing the steps they need to in order to reach their goal, whether that's a million dollars, $10 million, maybe it's not monetary, whatever it is, they're taking the action and they're making sure that it's happening while you're still sitting here planning and still haven't taken any action. So you still haven't grown. If anything, you actually went backwards. Mm. That's like running um, beside somebody or on a race or a treadmill or whatever, while they're still moving, they're still moving forward. They're still running. You're sitting there looking at them stuck in place going backwards <laughs> definitely definitely that's powerful uh, can you say that one more time what does it stand for gpa yep gpa goals plan action goals plan action i like that i like that so on that note we'll move on we'll conclude that second segment of the quote of the day we'll now transition to our final segment let's talk money <laughs> All right, trading options. So on episode, I believe it was episode 16, uh, we had one of my one of my guys, we had Ty. Uh, we actually spoke about options trading. Um, shout out to Ty, he's the one who set up my LLC. Um, so we briefly spoke about uh, options trading on that episode. So definitely want to get back into it. I know, Edom, you've been trading options a little bit more recently. I've been going crazy last two weeks, bro. I've been going crazy. <laughs> so I know, Edom, in our group chat, Edom's been using making moves on that. Um, I'm still like, I don't know. I've been more into a long-term trading. So like I've been, you know, buying and holding stocks. Um, but that's mainly because even though I've, I know of options, I personally don't know too much about how to, you know, how they work and all that good stuff. 
Um, so it was actually, I was telling him like, oh, like I kind of want to learn more about it. Um, not gonna lie, I just been kind of lazy to research. And then I saw you on UIL and I was like, hey, this is perfect time to get you on the podcast, <laughs> right? So for those who don't know what options trading is, if you could, what, what is the difference between, you know, buying some stocks, buying some options, we'll start from there and then we'll go into pros, cons, all that good stuff. So like, what what is options trading? And what's the difference between that buying and selling stocks? All right, so the main difference between just, well, investing and trading is the thing is with stocks, you're actually buying shares of the company and you can pretty much hold them, well, for however long you want to or pretty much indefinitely, right? Like if I bought Apple today, I can hold it for 20 plus years. However, with options, they have an expiration date. They're temporary because you're not actually buying the stock. You're merely buying the option in order to buy the stock. Now, the thing is with options, you have these things called contracts and one contract is equal to 100 shares worth of stock and you also have of course an expiration date because they are temporary and there are well different ways you can trade options um i know a lot of people haven't really heard of options or trading but there are different ways you can trade them and those four ways or the main four ways are this so you have one of the way or one of my favorite ways i like to use is what's called scalping so scalping, similar to the name, is more so pinpoint movements. Like let's say I was to get it at $100 and moves 50 cent because that's about $50 in, with, a, with an option. So it moves 50 cent, then boom, I could get out. That's my goal. Or if I have, I wanted to move a dollar, as soon as it goes from $100 to a 101, boom, I'm out. It's very quick. It's very, there's a pun right here, surgical. Then you have day trading. So day trading, well, the main difference between that and well, scalping is, well, scalping is more so very quick. Day trading to be more drawn out where let's say I was to buy at, the market opens at 9.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Let's say I buy um, an Apple, what, an Apple trade, I'm gonna do a call. A call meaning it's gonna go up because you can make money in any direction. So let's say I'm doing a call, right, on Apple and I buy it at 9.33 a.m or 10 o'clock, whenever I buy it, so early in the morning. So boom, I can pretty much let that ride out for the rest of the day, then I see it hit my goal, and it's at two o'clock, and then I can go and hell, I said, go ahead and sell my contract. So pretty much the main definition of day trading is when you might buy certain contracts or trades earlier in the day, but you sell everything at least by the end of the day. That's the main definition. Then you have swing trading. So swing trading, this is what also my second favorite one to do is more long-term and for passive income. So I know for those of you that might work full-time or even part-time or might have a business, you can swing trade and make passive income in the markets because the thing is with swing trading, it can go out for a couple months and it can go pretty much in any direction you wanted to, whether you're doing a call or put. Again, a call allows you to make it when it goes up, a put is just the opposite when it goes down. So if you have a great company like an Apple, Microsoft, or a crazy one like Tesla, and you do a long-term call on it, which is something I did. I don't know if y'all saw on the EYL with the um, $78,000 off of Tesla, you could do like that. That was a swing trade. So it was more long-term and I made passive income without having to watch it. Then you have position trading, which is super long-term. And that, because the thing is what options they can, you can put your expiration date out to about two years so if i wanted to i could put my expiration day out to january of 2022 
At that point, you're not even watching. You just lay ride. It's like a short-term stock. Got it, got it. So I have, I have a yeah, question. Yeah. All right, so um, could you consider scalping a form of day trading too, in a sense? Because um, let's say, you know, if the stock moves up 50 cents in a day, right? Mm -hmm. you and you want to scalp it then would it be would you because i'm trading on Robinhood currently and they consider that like a day trade and you know my my follow-up question is what do you suggest for someone who's trying to do multiple maybe not necessarily day trades but multiple transactions without any you know restrictions i was i was suggested ameritrade but um let's see what you use <laughs> Okay, so I could, for the first question, I could see where you could think of um, if it moves 50 cent, that could be considered scalping. Yeah. But in the general sense, not necessarily. But I could see yeah. where that comes from. But you wouldn't want to be in it all day just looking at that one company. That's why, yeah. quote, unquote, diversify your portfolio. And I have like to have what's called a circle of 20, where you have your top 20 companies. Of course, over time, that will get smaller until you have your bread and butter companies. But at that point, I would probably just switch if it's just pretty much moving in consolidation or sideways. And then for the second question, um, it was, crap, I forgot. What was it? Uh, what, what trading platform do you use? So I'm currently oh, okay. using Robinhood. So I use E-Trade. Um, Robinhood, yeah, no. Not for trading. Mm -mm. <laughs> so yeah, why do you say that? That's actually a very interesting point. So why do you say that? Because um, I use... I started off using TD Ameritrade. I still have uh, my stocks and accounts in there. More recently, I've been getting to, to Robinhood. Um, mainly, they just got me off of zero, zero commissions, right? So, but I think this is actually a very interesting point because I see a lot of people who are new into it. They're like, oh yeah, Robinhood, zero commissions, let me go into that. But then you have a lot more people who are like, you know what, TD or you know, Charles Schwab and things like that. So, um, kind of like why, why one over the other and kind of like the difference between the two for those who are saying new to trading stocks, options or any of that. So I'll say the main reason I choose E-Trade, one, it is something I personally use. I haven't had much experience with Robinhood, but I do know other traders and investors that have used Robinhood and they've experienced a lot of problems with it because it is a fairly newer platform. I remember, um, I think it was one day like Robinhood like stopped working or they froze Gosh, or something bad like that. If you have a lot of money, the, um, a big trade like that could make or break your account if depending yeah. on the situation. That's true. And that's then true. it could, I've heard other stories where it's necessarily slower than other brokerage platforms where Robinhood has a third party, um, whatever that is, and before it goes to Wall Street, whenever you make a trade, whereas other platforms, of course, you make the trade, it goes straight to Wall Street. So mm -hmm. yeah, no. And then, uh, of course, a lot of other platforms now have introduced that zero dollar well, commission rate. Got it, got it. So, yeah. Robinhood, Robinhood uh, looks really like pretty, I guess, for someone who's starting out. The numbers are real simplistic. The interface is really nice. I've seen Ameritrade and it's really ugly. I've, I'm going to take a look at E-Trade after this, but... um, Yeah, theirs is pretty uh, yeah. simple. Yeah, I just need something, you know, at least in my personal experience, that would allow me to make those transactions. And I, I know what you mean about the delay. I'd be, you're talking about... um goal like you know your gpa analogy uh, i i'd be sitting there you know planning and, and not taking action and then you know the contract shoots up like a couple cents and now i have to go pay a higher premium to go hop you know so and then the additional robin hood delay that, that kind of be messing with me so 
Mm. Yeah, yeah. No, I've definitely heard of Robinhood being slow. Because like when I first, again, like when I first started trading, that's kind of what the problem I heard was like, yo, Robinhood's a little bit slow. Um, I think when I first started, I think Robinhood, you could only buy, like it was very limited on like the stocks that you could purchase. I think they were like only like U.S. domestic stocks. Like when I first started trading, like you weren't even allowed, like they're like international, like for example, you want to buy like a Canadian stock, like you weren't allowed to buy that. So that's why when I was doing Ameritrade, because it gave you like a slew of options. You could do like trades, ETFs, all that. And it was like, all right, yeah, duh. You just had to pay that $10, you know, anytime you buy or sell. But then I kind of enjoyed it because it was like, all right, if you know you're going to have to go pay the 10 bucks anytime you buy or sell, you're going to make sure you're doing your research so you're not losing an extra 10 bucks on any time that you buy or sell. So that's why I was like, you know what, I like TD because it forced you to kind of like think a little bit, you know, instead of saying like, hey, this is like, this looks nice, I'm go buy it. It's like, wait, are you really going to buy, like pay $50 for a stock plus an extra 10, you know what I'm saying? If you know what I'm saying? If, if it's not really worth it. Um, but now, hey, I still got my, my stuff in both, but I'll have to go back into back into D, uh, TD. I did like TD a little bit more because they do, I did like the like the details. Like it did give you a lot more details to me. And like, um, I, I, I like like a bunch of like, anytime I look up the company, I love it. It gave you like all the um, recent event articles and stuff too under it. So it just helped you, at least it helped me like a little bit more research. Um, yeah, I know a lot of people like to start off for like, stash and acorns or something like that yeah like partial investing with cents or something with change yeah 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 but i think for a lot of people i think um I, i've seen just like articles on like um like say like cnbc or anything like that um mm-hmm. they they pretty much like those, those apps like that they, it, because it's it seems quote unquote simpler that's how they get like a lot of new investors like you know trading and stuff like that because it seems easier but like you said, I guess if you want the real, if you want the real information, you want to do it right, you gotta go to go to the big boys, big boy platform. Do you have any other examples of like platforms that have introduced a zero dollar commission? Because I personally, I I want to be able to make a trade and not have anyone go take ten percent, ten dollars, five. Don't touch my money, you know. I, so if you know <laughs> any, do a well. trade does do that because. Yeah, then they have like a big like brokerage almost war of like zero dollar commissions. Robinhood's not special anymore. It's like fifty cent now for an option trade. So it's not Oh, that's like, not bad. That's not bad. Yeah, you're not spending a whole five hundred dollars a year just off commissions alone. Uh, have you dabbled in spreads at all? No. Okay. All right. <laughs> so um this I think I want to say last week, mainly, I think it kicked off, but uh, it's been earning season. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you been, like, do you have a watch list? You could, you know, I guess by the time this episode drops, it'll be a little too late for that. But, you know, a watch list you want to plug us into? Yeah, I do have a watch list. I'll say the main sector I look at is technology because it only has room to grow from here, especially um, AI or artificial intelligence. Like, this is the matrix or something but it's not. So I mostly look at companies that have a lot of potential for their, as well as space travel. Because mm. I feel like within the next maybe 30 years or sooner, depends, or longer. Yeah, it just depends. Um, that could be like the next new big thing everybody's going to will try to do because whether you were rich or not, nobody could do that before except an astronaut. And even that, that happened within the, like the last 50 years or so. How'd you feel about uh, Intel, you know, kind of 
tanking after their earnings. I don't know if you're looking at them, but I didn't look at Intel um after oh, earnings. Okay. 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 I was, I was, I was Got it. So I think I think that's a um, that's another interesting point you kind of said. You said technology and AI. Um, I follow Wall Street Chapter. I don't know if you do on on yeah. Instagram. Yeah. So he's always dropping gems and kind of talking about when it comes to investing, whatever type of investments that you're doing. Like you got to think about not necessarily now, but you got to think about the future, right? You know, everyone's always thinking about like, yo, I wish I bought Apple. You know, like ten years ago when it was this amount, or X amount of years ago when it was this amount, right? So, but like now. Because of because of COVID, because of what you're going through, like we're seeing the the importance and the future of technology and AI. How it's definitely like it's not even you know oh and if it's more of a when you know mm-hmm. what I mean like it takes over so to speak. Um, you think of the companies like Tesla, right? You think of Elon Musk trying to send people to the moon, right? Trying to send people to Mars and all that good stuff. You know, yeah, Tesla is a little bit bred now, but there are companies in technology sector in the AI sector that. You know, you can start looking into that may not be, you know, it might be hundreds and thousands of dollars now, but they may be coming up right now. They may be a little, you know, you know, a little more affordable now that people can start, you know, investing in. And, you know, for me, someone like me personally who likes to buy and hold, right, this is, this is a great time to start looking into companies that are like, hey, maybe they're cheap now, but think about the future of the industry, who are going to be leading the industry, who are going to be, you know what I mean, the next innovators. Those are the great companies to start looking into now that's what the future is you know what i'm saying so uh i think that's definitely that's a great point when you say tech um you know tech and ai and you know, it makes me think um by the time this episode drops it might be post apple split but you think about like the apple split news you know what i'm saying like you know i'm getting into that right <laughs> this is this is a great time to get into that yep. because you think of uh, microsoft microsoft is considering buying tiktok right no, and Microsoft right now it's like what two thirty, two forty right now. Two thirteen, they they been doing well. But um, I saw an article today, like yeah, like Microsoft stock, um, you know, is projected to increase if it if it you know if it buys TikTok. That's the type of news and type of companies that like one may want to pay attention to, um, mm. in the future. You think of drones, right? You think of um, you know, companies like Amazon, FedEx, those like you know delivering mm. those parcel services. You think of how you know a lot of them are talking about they're going to move away from you know the simple uh cars or truck delivery to like drone delivery some companies going to have to you know help them out with that whether amazon is going to make that themselves or they're going to either buy a different company or use a third party for that mm-hmm. a lot that's that's an industry you know tech and ai industry that you want to look into companies yep. that are doing drones and, and things like that so oh, yeah, that's, that's kind of like future future thinking and that's definitely yeah. going to be a big thing yeah, 100%. Delivery, and they don't have to pay for, like, gas or workers. Mm-hmm. They just got to, well, no, they just got to get people to fly it. Or if AI comes into it, like, go to this address, deliver, fly back. Definitely, definitely. So um, I would say, what would you say, um, for people, say, who, who are new to trading, don't know anything mm-hmm. about trading, what would you say maybe, let's say, three tips, best tips for those who are maybe new to it or, you know, early to it? into either trying to learn how to trade stocks, options, or invest? Like, what would you say are some tips that we, you can give? Follow my name. Now, what do I mean by that? I actually have another acronym. Yes, I love them. <laughs> it is based off my nickname, Truth. And it goes like this. T, tap 20 companies that you like and that you already buy from. So like I said earlier, your circle of 20. So an example will be like right now, I'm talking to you on an Apple computer. Apple is a great company. They're about to have a stock split August 31st. 
So that could be one you could be looking into. And it's also in tech. Mm-hmm. Then you have R. Research those companies thoroughly because, well, of course, before you can even know what companies you're going to be investing into and trading, you got to do your research on those companies. So, of course, that's the R. Then you have you understand the historical data behind those companies because companies are ran by people and people have patterns. And companies, or in this case, corporations, have patterns, especially in the stock market. So, of course, once you can find those patterns, you then almost predict what it's going to do and put yourself in the best position to get the maximum amount of profit. Then you have T, trade after closing. So this is more of a personal rule of thumb for myself, where maybe if it's later in the day or I see a setup after hours where I can possibly do a, this is more so for swing trading, where I could possibly do a, do a trade either on like Microsoft, Apple, or whatever. And then I would just pretty much wait for the market to close. I don't like trading around three o'clock or two o'clock. I don't like trading after that. I'm pretty much done after 10, 11. And then I might just let the market close, reevaluate what I'm going to do, making sure I'm putting myself in the best position. And then of course, unless it's Friday, the next day I'm going to, or yeah, the weekend, next day I can place that trade and then I've already reevaluated. I'm making sure I'm putting myself in the best position to make the maximum amount of profit. Then you have H, have an enter and exit strategy. So this does go with GPA as well, but especially with the stock market, you got to know what you want. If I'm doing a trade on Apple and I want to make $5,000, as soon as I hit that $5,000, I'm out. I'm not about to make, try to make $6,000, $7,000. Cause I know from personal experience, any trader will tell you this, you cannot be greedy mm. at all. Like greed will get you killed. And then it's like the worst feeling ever. It's like you was up um, $10,000 and now you're down over a thousand. Like should have just got out. Got out. That easy. (laughs) Now I think that's an amazing point. That's another thing. Um, One of my. That goes uh, with emotions, I think. Exactly. I was going to say my mentors drew like he, when when I first started getting into trading, um, investing, he's the one who taught me like, that was one of the biggest things was like, yo, control your emotions when it Definitely. comes to trading. Um, I think this, this is a great a great point. I want to stay on here for a little bit, right? Everyone likes to make money. Like you said, don't be greedy, but everyone likes to make money. Everyone's like, oh, I want to make this amount. I want to make that amount, right? But like when it's, when it's your own money, right? And, you know, you know those days when you're in the green and it's like, oh, it's lit. I'm rich, right? Like, <laughs> And then all of a sudden, right, you know, instead of pulling out, the next day you completely in the red right and now you now you, you you're scrambling you know now you now you're making like bad decisions because you are that's for trades exactly that's for trades. And then you start losing on those and then exactly you know, exactly. <laughs> exactly um but like you said like personal experience that happens to everybody that's happened to me when i first started training right you put it you put i mean at first i was like no i'm just putting 200 dollars. i think i know what i'm doing all of a sudden like that 200 goes up boop, you know it's gone right you know and it's like it hurts but unfortunately, those are lessons you need to learn when it comes to, you know, trading, right? Every, I think, like you said, everyone's going to make money and lose money, right? In our group chat, we talk about that all the time. Like, yo, I'm in the green. Oh, I'm in the red, right? Like, it happens. Uh, but um, I think, I think you know, this little, I like that acronym, truth, I think that helps prevent some of those mistakes, you know, when you do that research on the company. Instead of just looking strictly at the stock price like oh the stock price is this amount it keeps going up it must be a good company no like the stock price is it's just what the market is saying it's not necessarily what 
you know, is actually happening within the company. Um, that helps to prevent, you know, that can help prevent some mistakes and things like that. So, mm. like you said, don't be greedy. I think that's a very, very important part. Once you have that mark, like I'm going to, I want to make X amount. Once you do that, get out, you know, and then reevaluate what's the next plan. All right. You know, mm. so you're not sitting there, you know, pockets out, you know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> make, making bad trades and things like that. So thank you. I think that's very important. Worst enemy is like a uninformed investor. Yeah. An un uninformed investor. So uh, definitely. And I relate to the uh, to the greed and you know the and I was just playing and I was I was you know talking about Intel. I was uh, in an Intel call um, and I called it out for like sixty dollars. And then after their earnings tanked, and I was up like a hundred twenty four dollars. And then after the earnings, uh, that that thing became worthless. I lost a hundred dollars. I was so upset. <laughs> I was like, you know, what? I should have just taken it. Should have just taken it. Yeah, it's like, around, so it's it's a big lesson. So, yeah, I'll say the worst one would have to. Nah, this would be second to worst. Next to that would be you get out of trade with your profit, and then it shoots up. That happens. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that goes up another dollar or so. Yeah. yeah, nah, yeah, definitely. So that's actually, I'm I'm interested. Would you say what would you say are some of your best and worst experiences or best and worst trades that you've had? I'll are. say one of the worst trades I did was trying to be greedy on Six Flags. Mm. Because Six Flags, of course, during a normal summer, um, at least this is about two years ago. Remember, I was trading Six Flags because it was during the summer. Of course, everybody was going there. Their stock price shot up about $20 from about $50, $40 to about $60, $70. I think they might even hit $80. I'm not 100%, 100% sure anymore but I was making a whole bunch of money on them all summer. And then around late July, early August hit, and they started turning around and I was still trying to do my calls on Six Flags. And I took a big hit on them, trying to be greedy, trying to get that thousands of dollars in five minutes type of money. Like it was crazy how easy it was like, boom, Six Flags, another 20,000. Just, mm, just oh. crazy and then <laughs> as soon as almost like i said early august late july hit boom negative twenty thousand. oh my god <laughs> you close close the laptop look away <laughs> that just coming back to see a lot of red is so yeah. so 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 oh. depressing it's sad you know well, I mean, one thing I've been telling myself a lot is try to keep the same, like, composure. You know, don't, like, like you said, don't panic. Literally, don't panic because that's how you just uh, – two weeks ago, I panicked. You know, I, I, I lost 100, put in another 100, panicked, lost that, you know, and, you know, just recently, just recently, I'm starting you – know, I just recouped all the money I lost, and now I'm starting to, you know, go back and yeah, keep real robotic, you know. Yeah. Those desperate trades will kill mm -hmm. you. Definitely. Uh, what would you say are some of your best experiences or best trades? It would have to be the Tesla one. The Tesla one? Tesla one. <laughs> <laughs> Tesla one, definitely, man. I wish I could go back. Like, I remember when I first talked Tesla, bro. I think I was probably like maybe three, four years ago at this point, man. That was back when Tesla was like 200, like 280, uh, 90. 
man. <laughs> I only copped a few, and I was like, you know, back then, no one, no one's thinking it's ever gonna reach where it is now. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So back then, I was like, all right, well, let me buy like one, two. It's not gonna really do much. Man, if I knew, if I knew, but hey. how I feel about Amazon, yo. I uh, definitely. I would say Apple, even just like 15 years ago, so around the time I was born, about 2005, they're around six dollars, five dollars, over 400. <laughs> what about a whole cluster? Just <laughs> instant millionaire. Exactly, for real, for real. So, can you break down your logic behind that Tesla trade you made? Sure. Like your thought process? Yeah. Sure. So. I made the trade at about $28 and I sold it for $814 as far as the logic. Tesla, I've been um, trading before. It was a wild card to say the least. Um, move $100 in a day, drop 50 at the last minute at the end of the day. Like it's crazy, but I knew there was a consistent company. They were a very bullish company. Bullish means going up just for you that might not know. So um, this is around when Corona hit big in the United States around March. So that had dropped to about four hundred, um, three hundred dollars, and I got it in there, and it rolled it all the way up again with the swing trace. I didn't really watch it that much, checked on it a little bit. So I was up a couple thousand, didn't get out. At that point, I actually don't know why I didn't follow my own rule, but I'm happy I didn't. <laughs> and then a couple months later, well, y'all saw the result. Ridiculous! Ridiculous! Hey, man. Everybody got to eat, man. Somebody got to <laughs> eat. So, no, nah, man, I think I think that's great. Um, that's great advice, great tips. Before we conclude today's episode, are there any last points, tips, acronyms you want to give to the people who are new to it, already investing, looking to invest, anything like that? Sure. So, as far as investing and for those of you that want to get into investing number one you got to be willing to invest in yourself before you can invest in the stock market or in pretty much anything else because you're not willing to invest in yourself and actually go learn the knowledge and learn the information then you're not going to be successful in investing or trading you're just gonna lose your money now there are ways you can practice trading without any risk at all there is paper trading which is just simulated um, money where you start off with about a hundred thousand dollars and you can practice everything there that is the main thing I have my clients do. And so they can build their experience while they're learning, make their mistakes there, have those greedy days there as well. So you get over that. It's like having a scrimmage for football right before the game or having a spar match right before a bout or a fight in boxing or MMA or whatever. And so I would say really just make sure you invest in yourself and learn the information before you jump into anything and do your research. Don't just follow to somebody's advice to somebody you might know on YouTube or saw on an ad. Like, do your own research. And then last but not least, I'm Christian, and that's the truth. And I'm walking in it. <laughs> for sure, for sure. So how can people find you on social media, online? How can people reach out if they want to learn about, you know, investing and seeing more about you? You can follow me at the truth 2024 And if you are interested in learning how to invest in day trade and swing trade and just trade overall on the stock market, you can go to my website, thetruthjones.com. So again, thank you very much for joining us this evening. It was very informational. I learned a lot. I hope everybody in our audience, those listening, learned a lot. 
Remember, knowledge is knowledge. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter where it's coming from. Very inspirational seeing, again, someone 13 years old, learning, investing, making money, doing all that. I know the future price. I look forward to seeing you grow. Looking forward to seeing you in the future. Man, generational wealth is happening. It's real, man. This is how you change. This is how you change the community. This is how you change the family. This is how you put yourself and people around you in a better position. Pass on that knowledge at early age. Teach them while they're young so when they grow older, they do not depart from it. For those listening, make sure you tune in to us. Again, tune in on all platforms. Check us out. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Everybody Eats. New episodes dropping every Tuesday. Thank you very much for tuning in. See you guys next week.